0: In the haunting twilight hours, nestled within the rugged terrain of California's Santa Lucia Mountains, there on the peaks lurk enigmatic figures cast in silhouette, silently watching those below. They are neither man nor shadow, and they've been observed for hundreds of years. They are known simply as the Dark Watchers. Are they guardians, interdimensional beings, demons, or is nature playing a trick on our senses? Here's a quote from Thomas Steinbeck in his book, In Search of the Dark Watchers. I have discovered that there are several coastal Native American cultures in California that have always kept detailed oral histories, and almost every tribal example maintains some reference to a species of elusive hominids that dwell in the dark recesses of the forests or the mountains. They are called by many names, but in reference to the Big Sur alone, these diminutive beings have always been known as the Dark Watchers. This is a study of Strange. Welcome to the show. I'm Michael May, or I, sh- I should say, welcome back. It has been a bit of a hiatus here for a study of strange. And joining me is Mark Allen Miller. How are you doing, Mark?
1: I'm doing great. How are
0: you doing, Michael? You know, I've been better. No, I'm I'm doing, I'm doing good. <laughs> it's a I'm terrible, tired, terrible, terrible day. Uh, no, thank you for being on. Now, Mark, you're a filmmaker. You're a writer. You're a publisher. What do you want people to know about you and what you do? Do you mind sharing a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, I uh, I was vice president of Clive Barker's company Seraphim for uh, about ten years uh, before I started my own uh, publishing endeavor called Encyclopocalypse, uh, a name uh, no one can spell or pronounce. Which is, you know, <laughs> the, the the first rule of business is make which sure. Which is,
0: which is partly why I teed you up to uh, explain it because I didn't want to miss <laughs> <an> that. <outfit>.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> so I wasn't quite sure how to pronounce it. Yep. It is Encyclopocalypse. My wife calls it Enpaca-Cycalypse, which just warms my heart to no end. Yeah. Uh, and we make, uh, we, we, uh, we dust off old, you know, out-of-print titles that are, uh, that are near and dear to my heart. Um, we, we also create uh, new titles uh, out of existing titles. So one of our specialties is publishing novelizations of old horror movies where we can find the rights for those and uh where we know rights holders uh who own films that never had novelizations we create those and it's been super duper fun to do all that
0: well again i thank you for being here i'm i think this is going to be a good topic for you i had this one picked out okay. and it you know it's not like a perfect match but it is a it's a little dark it's a little weird and there it involves some folklore and stuff and i just figured you might you might enjoy it so uh, I'm looking forward to share the tale of the Dark Watchers with you. So have you heard about this before I mentioned?
1: Only, you? no, only from your mention. Only, oh, okay, uh, okay. You said we'll be discussing Dark Watchers, and that's that's all I've ever heard of the Dark yeah. Watchers.
0: It does kind of sound like the title of a novel or a film series, so... You know, it's got that Very going. Much, yeah, like Dean yeah. Koontz's Dark Watchers. Yeah, there you, go. <laughs> there you go. Dean, if you write that, or Dean, or one of your many writers, Dean Koontz, uh, <laughs> we own 15% Marketing. <laughs> we, that's, uh, that's
1: partly ours.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, so, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share some information about the Dark Watchers, some descriptions of the Dark Watchers, go over some of the history, and we're going to read some personal accounts of people that have come across these. These beings or phenomena, whatever you want to call it. And then we're going to discuss what they could be. But first, I do have a little bit of business to take care of, which is, as I mentioned, right at the top here, I went on a little bit of a hiatus. I can't talk. See, I'm I'm getting the cobwebs, shaking them out. I went on a bit the, of a hiatus. The stretching, stretching episode. Yeah, Mark's Mark stretching. It's good stuff. <laughs> no, I had to go on a bit of a hiatus and it was longer than I expected for A Study of Strange because uh, I work in entertainment and there's been some strikes going on. I'm sure people have heard about them and it's just really kind of Played with my schedule
1: and ways. I heard but about I didn't. Yeah, did you hear about that? Do you hear, yeah, about, I that? Think you hear so. about that? Yeah. <laughs> um, one or two things, maybe.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening. If you are a subscriber, welcome back. I have plenty more planned for you coming up in the new year. And if you're new, uh, go listen to some some old episodes and uh, check us out. And then next year, so I'm gonna to do this episode next week after this one comes out. I'm going to have a mini episode and then I am going to go on a short hiatus again because of some work projects and then I'm going to be back in January forever, probably not forever, but for a long time, weekly, yeah, they won't we will be able will to get back of you. into us because you can't, you cannot get rid of a study of strange. Um, so everybody, if, you, if you're new, please hit that plus to follow the subscribe, whatever they call it on whatever app you're listening on. Give us a rate and review.
1: Come on, pay it forward, everyone. After all this entertainment that's been provided for you.
0: And oh, you know, it's speaking of that, I was gonna say this at the end and I'll say it up top, just so I'm done and then we can get into the Dark Watchers. I am moving my Patreon stuff for this show. I'm migrating it to Substack. So if you don't know Substack, it's for blogs, articles. So I'm going to actually be doing a lot of writing about topics that are strange and strange histories, as well as providing some exclusive audio content for people. You should be able to find that on the website of studyofstrange.com. I'll have started migrating that stuff over. So yeah, give that a check. Give that a check. See, cobwebs again, Mark. I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm back into the game. I'll give it a check. We're starting a new catchphrase. That's what it is. (laughs) Give it a check. All right. So... In short, let me tell you a little bit about the Dark Watchers. The Dark Watchers are figures that are seen, usually around twilight, who gaze at passersby from atop ridges and mountaintops, and in most accounts, they just watch. And some say you don't make eye contact with them, because if you ignore them, they'll leave you alone. And the big description of this is also, if you approach them, they disappear within the blink of an eye. Now, descriptions are different. They do kind of vary from many accounts and stories you read, but commonly they're very tall and usually include some sort of like large hat or staff sometimes, which is super fun. And this happens in the Santa Lucia Mountains of central California. So on the south side of that range is like the San Luis Obispo area up through Monterey County. Have you spent, as a Californian right now, have you spent a lot of time in the Santa Lucia or sort of central California coast
1: area? Uh, Not really. I think um, like I, I've, I've been to Napa and like, uh, mm-hmm. I think I, I just, I kind of hew toward coastal areas, Um, yep. but uh, I've been to Napa and, you know, Solvang. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> so
0: I think Solvang is like right there, sort of at okay. the beginning of this. I think Napa is too far north for the Santa Lucias. I could be wrong about that. I think that's, I think I'm getting that right. I just
1: drove through the Sierra Nevadas. Does that, mm-hmm. is that along the way? That's more chance?
0: inland. That's more okay. inland. Okay. Um, so Santa Lucia along the coast of the, the middle of California, it's sometimes it's like in Monterey, I think it's Monterey or Big Sur. It's kind of like right up on the coast. Okay. And then as you go south, it kind of creeps inland. Some. I don't think it's ever more than 11 miles away from the coast. So it's all pretty coastal. Oh, I think wow. Solvang is in them, I think.
1: Interesting.
0: If you go through okay. San Luis Obispo, the Hearst Castle, San Simeo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's love in Hurst the Castle. right range. Oh, yeah, me too. It's okay. one of my favorite places. So that area, I've spent a lot of time there myself. And I will say, it's beautiful. There's a lot of amazing places. Like you, you mentioned Solvang, which is full of wineries, there's farms, there's ranches. It's gorgeous. Able skivers. Able skevers. These are like pancake balls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but what's interesting is if you if I've been up there a lot and it's interesting is it'll be this gorgeous, beautiful day, and you'll be driving down a road and you kind of turn around one mountain ridge or corner or hill. And the weather completely changes and it'll be kind of dark and cold or really hot. And I think that plays into this a bit. We'll talk about it a little bit more, but I think this that plays into this phenomena because you're creating these interesting little pockets of weather uh, in climate zones, which can cause fog and then the fog burns away really quick and things like that. So that, that'll go into this story. Great cover for the watchers. Yeah, <laughs> yes, indeed. You can think of it that way. That is a good <laughs> Now descriptions, as I said, they can be varied. Usually they're very tall. There are common characteristics across various accounts, and I'll I'll describe those right now. One is that they're humanoid silhouettes. So you don't see a lot of detail. You don't see facial detail. You don't see detail in clothing, anything like that. They're typically silhouettes. They are sometimes cloaked or draped, so like a cape, a long, a long jacket kind of thing. I've already mentioned the big hats, which are seen from time to time, and staffs. They are, I think, almost always, of all the accounts I've read, stationary and observant. It's like they're just watching you. And the way I think about it is the the paintings that look like the eyes follow you. It's kind of like that. Like As you move along, mm. it looks like this weird being up above is is just observing you and following you. It's a chilling and,
1: visualization.
0: Indeed. And then the vanishing act, how I talked about, they disappear very quickly. That is also common across almost every account of these things. And finally, twilight sightings. They're not seen during the day or even, even at night. It's usually twilight, sunrise, sunset, that kind of thing. All right, so thoughts or questions so far? Uh, No, just
1: goosebumps. Okay.
0: <laughs> Ooh, nice. all right. I'm winning now, while those are the common cited characteristics, it is important to note that individual accounts do vary, and the legend itself has evolved over time. Before I get into to sort of the legends of this, I do want to give some ge- geographical context because I think that helps with these kind of this is very much a folklore, folk legend sort of story and phenomena. So I think the the location really feeds in. To the details of this story, and we've already mentioned the Santa Lucia Mountains are, are the central coast of California. Yep, yeah, you just he just Mark just drew it with his hands.
1: Right? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, in my mind, I'm wondering, yeah. isn't that also sort of the trail of the California missions? It is good Whoa! call. With it, yes, dun dun in dun. dun. <laughs> Very good call. Yes, yeah, so the mountain range
0: has peaks rising over five thousand feet. It's historically been a place of solace and mystery. And it's been the home to native Esalen, Rumsen, Selenen, and Chumash peoples. I went over pronunciations earlier. I apologize if I didn't get those exactly right. Uh, but there's been artifacts and settlements dating back 6,000 years in the area. The Chumash particularly have interesting beliefs and legends around the origins of the world. They believe that the universe was divided into three worlds. The world above, belonging to sort of supernatural beings. The middle world, which is you know, our 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 land, our time down here, the humans. And the first world below, there's monsters. And those monsters can actually travel into the human world after dark. And I just thought that was a really interesting belief system when you're thinking about the dark watchers. So the Santa Lucia range serves as a crucial habitat for California. There's diverse ecosystems, coastal chaparral, oak woodlands, forest. There There you go with the kind of local thing and as you mentioned the missions that is going along the way early Spanish settlers they tried to establish these missions it's very famous in California you can follow the route up the California uh, state and those early Spanish settlers so the legend goes. They're actually the ones that gave this the name of the dark watchers. There's this very common, whenever you look this up online, you ca- you see this thing that the, the Spanish settlers, they reported seeing these dark figures in the mountains and they named them Los Vigilantes Oscuros, which literally translate to the dark watchers. And I say, allegedly, this is where we get the name because I cannot find any corroborating evidence or writings from early Spanish settlers to say that they saw these things or created You're that name. extrapolating. You're extrapolating. Uh, I will also say the there's a lot of accounts when you read about this online from the Shumash sort of talking about these things as well. I cannot find any of those specifics either. And I do want to put it a call to, to listeners here that if you know of any of the the histories of the shoemesh or any of the other local peoples that may have stories about the dark watchers or dark figures, please send me an email at studyofstrange at gmail.com because I can't find specifics. And part of me thinks that's part of this legend is it just has spread and then spread greater during the internet age as well. Just kind of like everybody cites themselves when they're like, oh, and the Native, uh, the indigenous peoples of the area obviously saw these people too, and they called them this. And it's it's all kind of made up. I will say most of those histories though are oral, so there is there is a world where I just can't find them because they were passed down orally from generation to generation as people are telling stories. Um, but yes, listener please, will
1: have some information.
0: Please, please, I, I hope so. Even so, the legend of the Dark Watchers is not recent. It's not. An internet creation or or rumor, because a lot of people have seen seen them. I definitely don't debate that, and I think what they are is really what's the debate, because people do see them and they have seen them for a long time. And the first written reference that caught widespread attention dates to 1937 and 1938. Uh, the thing you you this is also common when you research the Dark Watchers. There's a short story written by John Steinbeck. Steinbeck was from, I think he's from Salinas or around Big Sur, somewhere somewhere up there. And he won a Nobel Prize in 1962. He wrote The Grapes of Wrath of Mice and Men. If, if listeners, if you haven't heard his name, I would be shocked. You, sure everybody. Everybody read him. Uh, he's definitely a voice of a generation of that time in American history. And he wrote about them in this short story. And actually, Mark, I'm going to have you read something now. Ooh. So if you pull up that email, it's number one. Yes. And what this is, this is a a blurb, if you will, from the short story, Flight, written, written I think it was published in 1938. It may have been written in 1937 by John Steinbeck. So when you're no ready, way. Mark, could you give that a read?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Pepe looks suspiciously back every minute or so, and his eyes sought the tops of the ridges ahead. Once, on a barren white spur, he saw a black figure for a moment. Whoa. But he looked aw- he looked quickly away, for it was one of the dark watchers. No one knew who the watchers were, nor where they lived. But it was better to ignore them and never to show interest in them. They did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business. Dunn. Interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah, very interesting. What's really interesting about Steinbeck is, since he's from the area his mother was a firm believer in the dark watchers. And I believe her name, Olive Hamilton is her name. And she was a teacher in the area and she would talk about leaving out like food or gifts or nuts or fruit for the dark (laughs) watchers. And she would leave it on her way to school. And when she was coming back, it'd be gone. They would have taken it. And she believed that was a way to kind of keep them on the good side uh, of her. And she passed this down to Steinbeck. And even her grandson, John Steinbeck's son, was a writer as well. He passed away in 2016, I believe. Um, Thomas, I think it's Thomas Steinbeck. Thomas wrote a book with uh, an artist named Benjamin Brode, and it's called In Search of the Dark Watchers. Everybody should check that out. You can buy it online. There's a lot of artwork from Benjamin Brode in there. And Thomas sort of added more details to his grandmother talking about the Dark Watchers and, and this firm belief that they are a real thing um, and common in the, in the area of the Santa Lucia Mountains. Uh, there's also another writer from the same time. This, I do believe, is 1937 specifically. Uh, Robinson Jeffers wrote in the 1930s. Uh, he had a poem called or a book of poems called Such Counsels You Gave to Me and Other Poems. And he wrote about the Dark Watchers. I'll read that one. So, this is uh, from Robin- Robinson Jeffers' work. He thought it might be one of the Watchers, who are often seen in this length of coast range, forms that look human to human eyes, but certainly are not human. They come from behind ridges to watch. So, yeah, there you go. Another writer adding <laughs> to the. Credibility is not the right word, but he's adding to the to the lore and some
1: details there. At least, you know, uh, adding to the evidence. <laughs> there you go. There you go. managing a case. Yes. yes.
0: Now, uh, Thomas Steinbeck, uh, who I said wrote In Search of the Dark Watchers with artist Benjamin Brode, he... I, in fact, I'm going to comment on that in the intro. So you did not hear that, Mark. Listeners would have heard a little bit of Thomas's work. But what's interesting about Thomas is he talks about the Dark Watchers being diminutive. So it does show there is, you know, there's there's a difference with sightings because most people see them as being very tall, but he talked about them being diminutive. On top of that, there are so many personal accounts, and that's part of the fun of this story. So I'm going to have us read some. We'll sort of alternate reading some personal accounts, Mark. And I will say that these are these are dramatized because I, I like to get people's permission if I'm sharing a personal story. And a lot of these are pulled online where it's like, I like Pi 32 wrote this story and <laughs> Fat Butts 37 wrote this thing. And so I don't know who they are. So I felt really odd about that. So I just kind of wrote my own versions of a lot of the common traits of these um, so if anybody doesn't like these stories, uh, it's my fault. Give me, give me an email, <laughs> studyofstrange at gmail dot com. Uh, I, I would you love to. You can also blame me
1: too. I'll, I'll allow it.
0: I, I think you should. Everybody, is <laughs> see
1: that's two. It's yeah. two votes. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, so unanimous. let's read. <laughs> let's read some of these. Uh, I'll have you start. So it'll be your number, number, whatever's next. I think it's number two.
1: Number two. I was hiking in the mid nineteen nineties. Thoroughly possible. I decided to venture deeper into the forest than I normally do When suddenly I got this weird feeling Like I was being watched The hairs on my neck stood up and I looked around I didn't see or hear anything unusual until I looked up And there on a cliff I saw Looking out towards the valley A hooded figure I couldn't see its face The figure made no movements, it just stood there I did the only thing I could think of I turned around and walked away quickly That area, what could be out there? There were no roads, no trails. All I know is that it wasn't human, and I have not been back since.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, here I'll jump into one. So I'll read. This is uh this is a camper someone came, which is very common in this range Absolutely. here. Yeah. We were camping near the coast off the Pacific Coast Highway, overlooking the ocean. One person I was with spotted a watcher up on a high ridge amongst some clouds. It sort of looked like it was watching us, but didn't move. Seconds later, it was just gone. We didn't see it leave. It didn't poof into a cloud. It was just gone in a blink. We didn't know about the dark watchers at the time, and we told ourselves it was the light playing tricks on us. However, sleeping that night, we felt indescribable discomfort, and at first light, we hit the road. I should have come up with something more fun than just hit the road at first light. <laughs> Get the, the hell, hell out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Go to Go to go Go ahead and go to your next one.
1: I was camping near the Hearst Castle as as I am wont to do. Yeah. And one morning I saw a dark figure standing on top of a ridge in the distance. It wouldn't move. But as I walked to my friend's tent, it followed me with its gaze, sort of like those paintings where the eyes seem to follow you. By the time I woke my friend, the dark figure was gone.
0: Alright, here's another one. I was in my car headed up to Big Sur and passing over a bridge. Something caught my attention. It was at a distance on the edge of a mountain above a small dirt road a really big human or human like creature. It had a black cape. It wasn't looking at me, but standing and holding a staff. It sort of reminded me of the Grim Reaper. The rest of the drive was not so easy, to say the least. So
1: this is my last one, I think. I grew up in a valley near wineries and some ranches. Now it's all million-dollar homes. There was property on an old farm where friends and I used to go camping or just hang out at night drinking and party. One night, we arrived there at dusk, and my friend noticed some people on a nearby hill, but I didn't ever look up at them. Later that night, we noticed what looked like shadows encircling us. They did not move, and they seemed big. We got into the car instead of sleeping outside and locked the doors. We tried to figure out if those shadows were an optical illusion, but we still can't explain them.
0: And lastly, my wife and I were outside seeing. I looked at the mountains and asked a tour guide about the thin statues on the peaks. The guide said, you can see them? I nodded at yes, confused. The guide responded, those are not statues, those are the Dark Watchers. Yeah. So, what, <laughs> what is what are, in your opinion? What's the kind of the creepiest or most unsettling thing about this legend?
1: Um, I mean yeah. the the thing I can't get over is that the it shows up in a John Steinbeck book. I still can't. <laughs> I'm I'm I'm, st- I'm back there still. Nice, uh, nice. Like, where did you even? How did you even find that quote? It blows my mind.
0: So the quote is, is actually research
1: where you're like dark watchers. Oh, Steinbeck yeah. loved Dark Watchers. What? No.
0: So the thing that's actually, I actually almost didn't include it, but I had I had to because it's too good of a story. But the thing that I don't like about that quote is it's the first thing that comes up when you type in Dark Watchers. It's like John Steinbeck wow. wrote about him. It. it is the first thing you come across. That's funny. So it is not, it is the easiest research in the world. And and the Dark Watchers are talked about on uh like any weird mystery site that covers the kind of topics that I love, sure, th- this is always like one of the main topics. And any John site Steinbeck, you find mention, some
1: Bigfoot info. They're going to have some Dark yeah. Watchers info.
0: They're going to have some Dark Watchers. So it is a common thing. I, I try to find for a study of strange a little bit more like less typical topics. But every now and then you got to yeah. do you got to do one of the ones. And I I do like the Dark Watchers. Legend a lot because it is here in California where we live. And also I find it particularly creepy because and this is why I was asking you, what do you find creepy? Is there's something about the kind of the motionless observing mm-hmm. aspect of it? It's not a ghost that jumps out at you and throws stuff. It's not a Bigfoot that kidnaps a guy. It's not it's it's literally just these figures that like, seem to want? be observing. And that to me, I find way, way creepier. And then also my analytical mind tries to figure out what they are, which we will get to at the end because there are some some theories about this phenomena of the dark watchers. Before we do that, though, the the exact nature and characteristics of these, I'm just going to call it phenomena again of dark watchers, um, they they have very specific characteristics that we've gone over, common characteristics. But there are some other things around the world or some other phenomena that I do think relates to it that I would love to call out and just sort of point out from around the world because you get these universality, these things that connect different cultures around the world. And so some of these are the old man in the mountain, which is a a sort of folklore from Switzerland. Um, there's tales of a wise old man or spirit of the mountains who watches other travelers and occasionally offers advice and warnings. So he's very nice. There's also shadow people, which is more that's mm-hmm. more global general term. But I'm sure everybody listening or yourself has heard tales of strange shadow. Yeah, people. I
1: imagine everyone's heard about the shadow people. <laughs>
0: there you go. And also even like um, sleep paralysis. You know, a lot of people yeah, experience yeah. that see shadow people. There's something called the green flash, which is more of like a maritime kind of legend of folklore. And it's a phenomena. It's actually a real scientific phenomena, but it's very rare and there's a lot of myths built around it, but it's a green kind of light that's visible shortly after sunset or just before sunrise. And it's, I think it's right on the horizon and it's given rise to various myths that, that it's a sign of like a favorable wind or, Some people think it's related to like people dying and passing on, that kind of thing, but it is a scientific phenomena. Um, There's also the watchers. I wrote this one down. I don't know a ton about it, uh, but this is more of a biblical biblical thing, because there are these beings called the watchers in biblical texts, and it's mentioned in books like the Book of Enoch, and these are a group of fallen angels who watch over humanity. So I thought that was an interesting little inclusion there as well. There's also a Nordic folk tale that there's these small humanoid creatures, kind of like gnomes or elves that are believed to protect homesteads and residents within their given region. And yeah, and I just, I I love kind of sharing history because I do think a lot of things are connected, especially with humans and the way our minds work and the way we observe things. So I I wanted to share some of those other tales from, from around the world.
1: Makes me think of one. that uh, I don't yeah. know if you if you're aware of this one, uh, but the you know, like the big skeletons that are like uh, that you can get at Costco now that are on everyone's lawns for Halloween. Yeah, yeah I have one. Uh, that's <laughs> apparently do you have one? Yeah, yeah. No way. I love those yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. Well, my well, which my neighbor across the street has one and I just yeah. like, I want to sit under it all the time. and just. Take oh, selfies. ours isn't that big. Sorry. Yeah. If
0: you're talking about the big, big ones. Yeah. Are those are that like, yeah. like
1: 10 foot, 12 yeah. foot. Those things are yep. monsters. Uh, yeah. They have like, you know, 12 foot Jack Skellington's too. Like yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. So, sure. uh, so there are those, the, uh, those giant skeletons are, uh, I, I recently read are like, um, based on a, it's a, it's called the giant ghost skeleton of, of the California desert. I think what, what, <laughs> i to write that down. It's so, it's like, uh, there's a, there's a, even a book about it's out of print. And, uh, the, like the reason it interested me is because there's a book about them called I think Golden Mirages that was like Uh written in the 20s. Uh, And it's like a bunch of uh, like, um, you know, urban legends or uh, or uh, prairie uh, era, uh, which, yeah, which I'm super into. And I was going to if I could, you know, track the book down, I would I would totally uh, publish that. Yeah, Uh, I think that would be amazing. But as yet, I have I have been unable to locate a copy of uh, Golden Mirages.
0: Oh, my. I got to look that up. That's so awesome. I love that stuff. I love it. Um yeah, and there's there's other ones too. Like there are there are plenty of commonalities with the human experience with strange things um around the world. So I'm sure there's plenty more as well. Now, hmm. I do want to get into some potential theories because I actually and I'm sure a lot of other people would agree with this. I actually think that dark watchers is a real phenomena. I don't, I I'm not A huge believers, listeners of my show know in the paranormal or supernatural. I think the Dark Watchers is real, though, and I think it is a natural phenomenon. Mm. And I think there's certain clues given in the accounts that most of the sightings are at twilight. You're in an area where fog and weather and mist and things like that can happen very regularly at that time period. So uh, I'll actually, jump I was going to save this theory to early end. I'm going to jump, make this one first. So there's a, a thing called the, is it Brock? I think I'm saying that right. A, I believe it's called the Brockton Spectre. And it, essentially, I'm going to describe this so terribly But it it has to do with the sort of the angle of the light, and if it's foggy or misty or anything like that, essentially in certain mountain regions, you will create a shadow. Like your own body or other things can create a shadow image.
1: It's like like nature's version of Pepper's ghost.
0: Yes, that's that's a great way to put it. And depending on the angle and how it's operating and how you're looking at it, it can actually make it look very tall. It can also, the way shadows work, it can make you know the head look bigger, or give it sort of a halo aspect, which is in some accounts as well because of the angle of the sun, the way it works. And uh, if anybody's interested in this, you will find much better explanations online. Um, but it, it will but the, create... I mean, it, it
1: does make sense because then yeah. there, uh, it, it explains both the tall versions and the short versions. And the, short, and the versions, short ones. The way shadows exactly. work.
0: Exactly. And to me, it also... It also makes sense for that area of the Santa Lucia Mountains, like I said, like the way that the weather and the climate and everything sort of works together in that region just makes this seem like that should be it. And you can find examples of this online. And it also explains why they disappear within like a blink of an eye because it is a very quick phenomenon. It happens very fast. So if you happen to see it, you see it, and then, you know, instantaneously it'll just fade away and be gone. Another Kind of potential theory, and you could combine this with other ones as well, is infrasound, which I don't know if you've read about it relating to like people seeing ghosts and stuff, but infrasound uh, produces a range of bizarre effects in people like anxiety, sorrow, chills. It's also connected with potentially people seeing things that aren't there. And infrasound can happen naturally. And in California, there's a lot of fault lines. And there are studies that show that things like earthquakes, even avalanches, which they won't have in Santa Lucia, but things like that can create infrasound like situations um, and make people feel like they sense things or see things or feel things that may not actually be there. So that's a that's a potential tie in. There's also a thing called the third man factor, and I've only heard about this related to mountain climbers when I was reading more about it. But it's this experience that some people have that a a spirit or figure, otherworldly sort of person, provides comfort during times of trauma or solitude. Again, I've only heard about this with mountain climbers, but I did find that interesting. A case like because you do have a lot of hikers tell stories. We've shared a couple examples of that, but there's a lot of hikers in Santa Lucia. Can feel like you're in solitude. Maybe you feel a little lost out there, and so I just thought that was an interesting.
1: <laughs> I'm currently looking at pictures. They uh, they have images of yeah. the Brock and specter. Uh, yeah, like pe- like people have photographs when when they've run into it. I mean, it's pretty. These are some pretty creepy images. It's really cool. Yeah,
0: you know another thing that can go into that is uh, God. I'm going to say this one wrong. Pareidolia? Para... It's it's the it's the 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 thing our mind does. We're humans. We like to create patterns out of things when there is no pattern we like to create shapes of things it's the reason we can look at a cloud and see a house or a monkey or whatever it's the reason why my mind automatically goes to like haunted houses and there will sometimes be those old mirrors that were Mm. old mirrors the way they were made you can get those shapes of things sort of blending into it and people think like oh it's the the ghost here you can see her face in the mirror from time to time (laughs) but most likely it is this thing that our mind does where we're creating something out of nothing and that can go into it as well especially if it's misty it's twilight power of suggestion is also very strong so if people have been talking about dark uh watchers and you think about that and then you're out in twilight you may see fog and just automatically automatically your brain creates this image for you so you think you're experiencing it when it's you know shadows or something
1: when you're the one creating it.
0: <laughs> exactly. And you should be proud of that everybody. You should be proud. You're creating something.
1: Yeah, um, don't stifle your creativity.
0: No, not at all. And I actually I did write down cultural or collective memory and that ties into that sort of uh power of suggestion where people are sharing these stories so you start thinking about it and then it's it's sort of in the back of your mind and it passes on. There are theories, of course, because it is it is a phenomena that is primarily written about online now. So of course there are Many theories that these are extraterrestrials, interdimensional beings, ghost angels, etc., all those kind of um typical, which makes it sound like I'm sort of poo-pooing the idea. I think those are fascinating theories. Um, but but those are obviously some theories as well. But I think it's this is more of a naturally occurring scientific backing sort of phenomena. It doesn't take away from how creepy it is, though, if you were to see one, I would freak out.
1: Out. (laughs) What about the less scientific theories? That's what I want to know.
0: Okay, so what are those? Give me, give me some.
1: I, I I mean, like you know, (laughs) for for (laughs) for argument's sake, they're real. There are these, yeah, these things watching people as as they travel uh, Mm -hmm. through the mountains. Why would they be there? And why Why is it along the same ridge as the as the missions? That was the first thing I thought of.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It is really interesting to think about the missions and creating this connective, oh, it was like the highway of the time. It was a way to yeah. be able to you know, have people travel and go from mission to mission to mission. That is an interesting thing. And I don't know what to add about it, but it, it definitely occurred to me <laughs> as I was researching this. <laughs> and driving around, for those of you that are not in California or have never been to California, you see markers There's these interesting little like lamp, lanterny things that you will see mm. along highways and roads. All throughout California, you're like, "What are those?" And those are to mark the, the York, old mission. Blah blah blah. Yeah, the old mission trails and things. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: oh, this is this is super nerdy and a tangent, but I was uh, I was filming this project up in the mountains uh, here in LA. So I forget which range. But I, I was trying to figure out you know where are we going, what's the path up there and via via the maps online that we have nowadays. One of the places we stopped was where the original trail to get from like the Los Angeles area over the mountains into the grapevine, this old wagon trail is still there off the side of a road. and you can like visit it. And so it's right by where I was filming this thing. And so I had to walk up it a little bit because I wanted to see this old wagon trail. And it's a little sad because there's no marker for it, at least where we were. There's So it's just this yeah. old kind of thing and hikers use it. So people are hiking on it, probably having no idea that it's like the only way people in the Los Angeles area got over the mountains for hundreds of years. But you can still see the rivets and the rocks wow. from where all the wagons would go over and, and, you know, all the time. It's really cool. It's really cool. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So that kind of brings us to the end of the tale of the Dark Watchers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, this is uh, it's a good one. It, it is a good one. There's not a lot to add to it outside of accounts and just discussing it. I find it fascinating and very creepy to think about giant uh, Dark Watchers just observing you.
1: I mean, maybe they're there for good, you know? Like, what's... Yeah. Uh, what are the, the thing I'm curious about is the it was Steinbeck's mother that left the, the treats out right? yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. What 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 is supposed to happen if you don't offer them? Peace offering. I
0: I don't I don't know I don't think she really said I think it was more of a vague ominous thing. Uh-huh. Or, or maybe...
1: you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to do that. <laughs> now,
0: I can't re- I can't remember if she said it or Thomas Steinbeck or something else I read, but someone had mentioned that it's like just as a way to make sure that they leave you alone. Okay, so it wasn't necessarily referencing like a specific thing like they're gonna come and kill your firstborn. It was more of like eh, they'll just leave you alone if you leave stuff out. Some accounts also talk about ignoring them. Like if you're right. worried about them all, just ignore them. They'll leave you alone. Um, which I think is an Better interesting to thing your as bets. well. Yeah. And if they are, look, if let's say they are real. Let's say there is something out there that we don't understand. If they just want to be left alone, which you gotta imagine you're in California, which is millions and millions and millions of people travel through the Santa Lucias every day. If they just want to be left alone, then that's the best way to sort of handle them and just be safe. Leave leave, leave them alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Best to respect their wishes for sure.
0: Yeah. And there are places like it is a mountain range. So it's not like they don't have a means or an area where they can be left alone. Like there's a lot of places out there people don't go.
1: So yeah. yeah, Interesting. There's still a lot of California that's, that's untouched.
0: Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for joining me letting me shake out my cobwebs with you. Uh, hopefully I did all right. <laughs> and yeah, this was great.
1: Yeah. And this episode requires, I think you have do you have to play um, a thematic song every time? If you, if you do, I oh, recommend, yeah. uh, you know, somebody's watching you. Some, or some some uh, what's the the is that fright night right sometimes yeah, it I feels think so. like yeah somebody's, somebody's watching,
0: watching me yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, don't charge one. us for that whoever whoever owns that no I think yeah, I think I'd have to pay so I can't I can't use that anyway.
1: <laughs> um, yeah it's there in spirit
0: it like is like the it dark watchers. Hey, our listeners are now thinking about it, and that's all. Look, we can't control what they think about. You're listening to that song in your head right now.
1: <laughs> I have no control their, don't what their what songs playing in their head right now. Yeah, that's
0: not. That's not that's nice.
1: Nice. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Nothing so, to do with that. Uh So, where can people find more about you? Do you have an Instagram? Do you have like? A website or encyclopedia. We got a
1: website. I'm not really. I don't really internet that much. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a social media guy. But we have the uh, the the company has a website and an Instagram and and a YouTube page. We have a podcast as well called the Encyclopod. Richard Elfman will be our next guest. Oh, nice, (laughs) nice. Uh and uh you know, check out check out our books. They're on Amazon, they're on Barnes and Noble, uh Audible, they're they're super fun. We got uh we got cre- creepy stuff and ghostly stuff and uh all kinds yeah. of all kinds of fun things.
0: And and I'll provide some links for those things in the show notes. And yeah, just thank thank you, Mark. It is good to see you. I haven't seen you since before the COVID. The,
1: yeah, the before, the before the time too long ago.
0: Yeah. Uh, but it's very it's good, good to see, to see you, you
1: too. Yeah, You're looking good. We were yeah, we were both new fathers. I think when last yep. we last we dined.
0: Yep, and now our kids are seventeen, eighteen years old. Yep, going off, graduating to college. from
1: college, and we're <laughs> half dead. It's perfect.
0: Yep. as I'm it should out, be. I'm growing out a beard right now, so I keep seeing myself on screen, just like going, "Oh God, is so who's weird. that man? Oh yeah, up,
1: oh yeah,
0: <laughs> <I> never, <laughs> never recognize myself." Getting old, getting old. Um, No, thank you again. I'll provide links for all those things in the show notes. And listeners, thank you so much for bearing with me as I took a little break from A Study of Strange. But I'm excited to be back, and this is something I tremendously love to do. So it's so exciting to to bring you an episode again.
1: That was super fun.
0: Thank you for listening to A Study of Strange and The Dark Watchers. Special thanks again to Mark Allen Miller. Check out his links in the show notes. Please support us. The best thing to do is give us a rating and review wherever you listen to a podcast. If you want to provide additional support, as I said at the top of the show as well, I'm migrating Patreon to a Substack where I get to write articles or blogs or stacks. I don't know what they call them on there, but I get to write a lot about mysteries and things that I don't get to talk about on the show on Substack, And it's already been fun to do. I have, I think, four or five out as of this recording and you can sign up on Substack to get that content, plus additional audio content and unedited episodes. Thank you all again so much, and I look forward to bringing you more strangeness.